I hope you like Norwegian black metal, because I don't do earbuds. <laughs> New earbuds! <laughs> It's me, Jamie, and we are back for episode three of the Not Your Words podcast. Hello. I am still consistently amazed that anybody cares about this and that any of you are listening. Are you listening? I don't know if there's anybody out there besides my mom. But anyway, hi. I'm very excited because this is the first episode that is not a recap episode. I did those first two. Um, If you've listened to them, if not, go back and check them out. But I did the first two episodes as sort of a way to go over all the, some of the biggest releases that I worked on last year and also kind of celebrate the fact that I did no earbuds for a year. Um, But now we're past that point. On January 3rd, I celebrated the one year anniversary of launching no earbuds. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, now I'm just in the full swing of working again. And there's this, you know, I didn't really know if I was going to continue doing the podcast because I wasn't exactly sure what the format would be like. But the more I talk to people, the more I'm figuring out sort of what it is you're getting out of something like this. And sometimes it's so much easier for people in their day to day lives to put on a podcast while they're driving or while they're at the gym or while they're just doing whatever and catch up on new stuff than it is for them to sit on their phones or on their social media or on their computer and dig through all this information, whether it's you're a writer and you're digging through your inbox to read my press releases and my emails, or you're just a fan and you're on social media and you missed something I posted that morning because of the very nature of how the internet works. So it's, it's this podcast format seems to do well for a lot of different people and I'm going to keep doing it. So congratulations to you because you convinced me with all of your kind words that I definitely begged you for. But anyway, so the general idea of the format that we can kind of do from here on is going to be when I have new stuff to talk about, I will make an episode of this podcast and you can do with that what you please. But this month, it's the end of January, which is insane. There has already been so much new music in the last couple weeks that I felt the need to do this episode. So I'm going to catch you up on what you might have missed this month and play you some tracks and hopefully you find something in this this batch of music to check out that you love or hopefully you learn something new about something you've already been listening to. So without further ado, I will continue and start with my first uh, release that I want to talk about. AJJ's brand new album. AJJ's new album, Good Luck Everybody. It's out now. The video for Loudmouth is out now. There's a video for another song called Mega Guillotine 2020 that you've got to check out. There's a lot of great content around this record. Uh, If that's your thing, please look it up. Otherwise, put the record on. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Buckle up because it's it's not that comfortable of a ride. And the reason I say that is because even the band, Sean has said on multiple occasions, Sean Bonnet, who is the lead singer, writer, guitarist, vocalist, whatever you want to call him. Sean has said on multiple occasions that like he really didn't want to have to make a record like this, but he couldn't get around how glaringly destructive our current society is. And he hopes he never has to make a record like this again, but he just wanted to, he had to get it out of the system. So I think a lot of you will find 
oddly enough, you'll find some peace in this and you'll find some hope if you're willing to listen for it. I know I did. I know Sean initially said something to me about how he doesn't want people to leave listening to this record feeling grim or dark or apocalyptic. He wants them to feel heard and he wants them to feel hopeful. And, you know, when you go into it with that kind of context, I think you'll hear what he's talking about. Tracks like Normalization Blues, um, he's talking about the way we've all started to act post-2016 and the way society is and how gross it is and how awful we've been acting towards one another. And, you know, on Feedback, same thing. It's his kind of ode to his feelings of like wanting to return to the feeling of connection that he used to have with people. And that, you know, this long lost mode of relationship that, you know, we've seemed to lost sight of over the last handful of years. But you can't talk about good luck, everybody, without talking about the fucking president. You know, there's a song called Psychic Warfare on this record where Sean literally sings that he wants to murder you with his mind. If you're listening to my podcast, I know I said it last time, but if you're listening to my podcast and you have any empathy or like some fleck of humanity for this president in your soul, I would like you to turn the podcast off. I would like you to go and unfollow me on social media. And I would like you to go fuck yourself because truthfully, that that guy, we don't got to talk about it. But we don't need we don't need you here either. You're not a part of this. But Sean had to, you know, there are tracks on this record where Sean had to call things out. You know, Mega Guillotine 2020 is a song that was inspired by a tweet from a popular Twitter user at Leon, where Leon sketched up this hilarious mock patent application for a guillotine that could cut the heads off of 20 different Congress members. And Sean saw that and was like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen (laughs) and wrote the whole song about it. And we joke and, you know, there's merch with the Mega Guillotine 2020 sign on it. And we, you know, it's all fun and games. But the truth is, is like, there are people in power. There are billionaires. There are politicians. There are people who don't want us to survive. And the sooner you wrap your head around it, the sooner you'll start to feel a little bit better because the solidarity between us it provides that sense of hope. And, and like Sean talks about on this record, it's it's that basic human connection that we all need to kind of find our way back to. That's the way we're going to get back on the right track here as people in this society. And that's really what Good Luck Everybody is trying to say. It's, it's not trying to make you feel like, well, this is it. It's been nice knowing you. Good luck, everybody. It's trying to say, this is fucked. Everything around us is fucked. We used to not be like this. So let's try to get back to that point. Good luck, everybody. So I don't know. That's how I feel, at least. That's the interpretation I got from the record. I don't listen to this and feel sad, except there is this one part in the record that, oh my God, it's probably the saddest song I've ever felt, I've ever listened to. And it's funny because, you know, Sean put together these one to two sentence descriptions for each song on the record to help us with when we were working on it. And the song I'm talking about is called No Justice, No Peace, No Hope. And the quote that he wrote for that, I'll read it verbatim. He said, I'm truly sorry for how bereft of optimism this song is. I can't control the way I feel and I can't lie to my piano. Oh my God. It's so sad. I'm going to play a clip of it and I'm so sorry if it hurts your feelings, but you have to hear this. It's an incredible song. It's so beautiful. Again, we slipped inside a pit of absolute despair. No peace, no hope. 
I said, so intense. Um, beautiful song. But here's the fun story that I found out while I was working on the record. Super fans of AJJ, maybe you caught this. I caught this immediately. <laughs> when I first got the record, I saw that track five was No Justice, No Peace, No Hope. And I thought back to the last AJJ album, The Bible 2. Yes, take a minute and appreciate the fact that they named an album The Bible 2. It's one of my favorite fucking things in the world. But, you know, looking back on The Bible 2, track five, it looks pretty similar, right? Think about it. No more shame, no more fear, no more dread. So in both albums, in right in the middle of the record, in that pivotal position of track five, we've got these two songs with very similar titles. They're both piano ballads. And they couldn't be more different from one another in terms of the message they're sending. No more shame, no more fear, no more dread. That was released and written before 2016. And you can hear all the hope in Sean's voice and his desire to rid humanity of the negativity that's around him. And no justice, no peace, no hope. It does feel a little bit like the polar opposite. But like I said, he calls it bereft of optimism. It's the one song where he just lets it out and he lets those feelings go. And I think at some point over the last three years, we've all kind of had those moments where whether it's something the president did or a policy he enacted or shut down or it's some kind of corruption we've heard about, or police brutality, or something over the last, not even three years, but even longer, but something we've heard going on in the world that makes us hear this song and sort of get it. You know, we get where he's coming from. But it is not meant to put a damper on the record. It's in the middle for no reason. The band confirmed they didn't even realize they made this same choice. It was sort of funny when they told me that, because in my mind I thought it was such a deliberate thing, but it wasn't. So fun fact for you there. Um, but yeah, good luck, everybody. It's an incredibly powerful record. I got so much out of it, and I still do every time I put it on. I really hope you do as well. It, and please, if you take one thing out of this record, just remember, basic human connection is the path to our collective return to sanity as a world, as a people, as a society, as a culture. Just don't be a dick. It's that simple. It really is. Unless you're a Nazi, be a dick to Nazis. But everybody else, most people. Solitude for the stoic. Solitude for the stoic. Mirth for the merry. Mirth for the merry. A quiet room for the overwhelmed. Quiet room for the overwhelmed. Arcades for the ADHD. Arcades for the ADHD. Health for the sickly. Health for the sickly. A big day for Grimly. A big day for Grimly. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everybody. Termination Dust. Termination Dust just put out their record Growing Down um, this month. And I, you know, I, it's, this is a record for me that like, I heard it and 
the more I listened to it, the more it sunk in for me. So I hope that hearing some clips of it in this podcast is a way for you to get a little taste of it and that maybe you'll go in and you'll put it on yourself. And I would also recommend put it on while you're doing something. Put it on while you're working or you're cleaning or you're cooking or something because it just has a way of like creeping into the background of whatever it is you're doing and like catching your attention at little subtle moments. I really think people will like it if they spend time with it. Um, But it's a pretty new band for most people. I had never heard of Termination Dust before. So we're going to talk a little, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about them, tell you their story and play you a few more songs. And hopefully that turns you on to the band. Um, the song you just heard that I had just played is called Pull and Peel. Um, I love that song. The, the band made this unbelievable music video for it that I guess is that you're not going to see it yet, but hopefully soon, or maybe you've seen it by the time you've listened to this, who knows, but incredible video, incredibly talented. It's made by the, one of the vocalists and their partner. But that's the song you just heard. I'm going to play a little bit, another song called Deep, Deep, Deep. Just a little bit of it for you to hear a little taste of something else they have. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the band. more I listen to these songs the more I love them but anyway Termination Dust let's talk about them first off how did I find Termination Dust um back last year South by Southwest um my husband and I went down to Austin Texas and as you all probably know or might know I helped with um putting together a showcase with my friends at the alternative called South by DIY my husband and I wanted we got into town a little bit early and just gonna be real about it we needed some weed And we got in touch with Matt Harris, who um, plays in the band Granddad, and also plays in Termination Dust. And Matt had a hookup, some friend of his. And so we hit up Matt, and we find out he's playing a show with Termination Dust somewhere in Austin that night. So one and I went over there, we met Matt, we got our weed, and we got to see Termination Dust. And I actually really liked them. I thought their set was really cool, and I thought the whole vibe was awesome, and I was curious to hear more. So Matt kept me posted, and when the record was finished, I got to hear it, and like I said, the story was kind of over from there, because the more I listen to it, the more I love it, and I absolutely wanted to be a part of helping them tell their story. When you think of Anchorage, Alaska, do you think there's a thriving music community there? Probably not, right? There's not a lot of people out there, but you are wrong. There's actually a crazy thriving and healthy independent music community in Anchorage, despite the city's isolation and moderate population, and that's because... When there's just not that many people around, shows, they just sort of always go off. Like, the community that is there is so strong because they understand that they're all they have. And they can't tour normally. You know, obviously bands still tour. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just different when you're isolated like that. So that's where Termination Dust was born, was in Anchorage, Alaska. And it was at one of those many independent DIY shows where the two vocalists of the band, Jay Bird Parker and Stephanie Figurin, they first met. Um, they met at a, sh- a show where I remember they were telling me about it and they were saying how like, because there's so little culture up there, the shows are always mixed bills. So you'd have like a metal band opening up for a folk band, you know, or you'd have like an acoustic performer playing back to back with like a hardcore punk band. And it was just the way it was. And it was at one of those shows that Jay Bird and Stephanie first met and 
their connection and friendship naturally developed from there. I, you can hear it. It's tangible. The way they sing together, their harmonies, their their vocal patterns, they are so in sync with one another. And it's a big part of what I think makes Termination Does such a special band to check out. One thing I literally loved so much when I first talked to Jaybird about the band and sort of their origin story was that Jaybird and Stephanie both agreed that they wanted to, you know, create a band that had this Take Back Sunday kind of vibe in the vocals, but like in a sweet way. And I loved that. I definitely hear the emo kind of influence that laces over the band's record, this record in particular, Growing Down. But I think there's a lot more going on here. So I think they kind of nailed the touch upon the Take Back Sunday thing, but don't go all the way in. I think they nailed that. So but today, Termination Dust does, you know, they're all over the place. They're a long distance band. And Steffi actually live in Minnesota. Jaybird still lives in Alaska. Maybe. I think they're basically all going to be on the road for the foreseeable future. So they're all living in their the van. But, you know, this whole album, believe it or not, was written that way. It was written back and forth over emails and through Facebook group messages and group calls. It grew itself into existence like the three of them were sitting on the same couch. Which I love because it's definitely a seriously cohesive record. And so to think that they weren't in the same room when they made it and they wrote it is kind of wild. But of course, at some point they got together in a, at a studio in Portland, Oregon, and they recorded the whole thing together, obviously. Uh, but the fact that it was written separately is crazy. It has such a symmetry to the record, um, the way it kind of takes the more energetic, dancey stuff and then kind of pairs it with this sobering emo, like melancholy thing. And together, it all comes together as this like com- complete cohesive thing. Wild to think that that was all born across state lines. Speaking of state lines, Termination Dust is going on tour. Honestly, by the time you listen to this, they might already be on tour. Um, they're going to be going all over the U.S. with a great band called Double Grave. And I honestly, even after that, I think they'll just keep going. I don't, like I said, I don't know when they're going to not be touring, but they'll be out. They already went on tour back in December with Modest Mouse, who they share a record label with. Um, You might remember them. They're going to be coming through your town. Please, please, please go check them out. They'll probably be playing at a really rad community space or DIY venue in your area and they'll just they'll bring those vibes with them and I think you'll really like them and if they're not coming to your town that's okay put on the record enjoy it let me know what you think please please tweet me if you've had some time with this and you end up loving it I'm gonna play you one more little clip it's uh, from a song called it's not a place it's a feeling and it's just perfect that's all I'm gonna say here you go It's time to talk about some singles because a whole bunch of them came out this month and let's, I want to talk about them. We'll go through them pretty quickly because there's a bunch to go over, Um, but I'm going to start with one that I think you will absolutely love and stupid that I say that. You're going to love all of these because I love all of these and I'm trying to bring you into my brain and into my universe here, but this is a great brand new song from the band Rap Boys. It's called I Go Out at Night. Here's a little bit of it. Rap Boys, woo, 
single out. It's streaming everywhere now. You can go check it out. They also put out a great video for the song. It's spooky. It's wholesome. It's all the things you love. But it's a really well done video. So far, they're two for two with incredible videos on this album. Um, the album is called Printer's Devil. It comes out February 28th. So hopefully you are you have that on your radar. And don't worry if you don't because I will consistently remind you between now and then. But that song is called I Go Out at Night. And it really fits in on the record because it's a, you know, a record about upheaval and change and this transformative concept of what the word home means. You know, I Go Out at Night is actually the only song on the entire album that stemmed from an idea that Julia, the vocalist, Julia had back when she was a teenager. She literally wrote the first verse and the main riff of this song back when she was like 19. And so the idea of how it's kind of stayed with her and turned into a song on this record really fits into that idea of home. And additionally, before the record was made, before they went into the studio with the full band, Julia and her partner, Dave, who plays guitar in the band, the two of them went down to Louisville, Kentucky. Um, they went into Julia's childhood home and they actually demoed out all these songs in her childhood home, while, which had just been sold and it was completely empty. Um, talk about a wild place to be and a time to be. You're trying to create something new in a place that's old. That's also, you're never going to see again. You're literally never going to go there again. And I think that, you know, all of these things kind of fit into the theme of the record. And the song itself kind of has this real warm kind of daydream-like vibe to it. And I think, you know, I think that that's all, rel I think that's all connected. You know, I think it came from a place deep within her. It was created in a place that was meaningful to her. And now it's here and you have it. And so it, it, it has that, tra it translates very nicely, you know, the song itself and its intention. I would also be mad at myself if I didn't say this on the podcast, but recently, just a couple weeks ago, rap boys were asked to go and perform at a Bernie Sanders rally in Iowa. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. Like this podcast is absolutely for Bernie, but that was really cool because they got to go, they played acoustic and somebody who was there got a clip of Bernie Sanders saying, Let me thank the uh, Rat Boys for their music. And that clip literally went so viral. I think it's been viewed over 400,000 times already. That's kind of just wild. But yeah, so Bernie loves Rat Boys, and so should you. That's, that's all I had to say about that. I had to mention it. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. But here's a little bit more of the track. Please go check it out. It's streaming everywhere. The video's out now on their YouTube. Printer's Devil comes out February 28th. latest single it's called brand new beast it is out now it's streaming everywhere it is not from an album of any kind it's just a standalone single that they've got but you know in rosie's words they they say that this is a song about 
feeling so beholden to the desires of another person and so neglectful of one's own needs that resentment comes to obscure what initially connected the two in the first place. Wow. This is one of Rosie's most biting and vulnerable tracks. I've, I've, you know, only been listening to Rosie for a little while. But their debut album, Never Not, Never Not, Never Not, which came out last year, and it was named the Alternative's number one record of 2019, just saying. Um, And the more recent single, Ambrosia, you know, Rosie always kind of has a way of creating these like vivid details and landscapes that has a you know a mix of both human humanity and also wit. Um, but I think Brand New Beast is a track that's just it's pretty relentless. It goes right for it. It feels like you know it's only a minute and thirty eight seconds, but it feels like a nonstop call out. But you know Rosie's so talented that it's done in such an eloquent way, and you know takes that feeling of being neglected. And you know, Rosie uses a reptile in a cage as kind of the metaphor here, but it really humanizes that feeling and you know, puts a little bark into it, puts a little bite into it. I love, I love this track. I think it's so great. This spring, Rosie Tucker will be on tour with their full band, um, on tour with Citizen and a few other bands. So those tickets are on sale now. I've actually seen already that a few of the dates have started to sell out. So go check that out. That's on my Twitter. That's on Rosie's. That's on my social media. That's everywhere. You can find it anywhere. Um, but if you get a chance to, my God, go see Rosie Tucker, one of the best live performers we've got going right now. And you're going to love everything you hear from her. Farian. What a surprise. He didn't tell anybody in advance that he was going to be releasing a new single so soon after the release of his incredible album Born High, which if you recall, we talked about it on our last my last episode. But yeah, this is a song called Phantom Friend. This was released on the same day that Chris actually kicked off his headlining tour in support of Born High. So um, it was, you know, a very synced up release that he never talked about in advance. Again, he never told you it was coming. But anyway, as hilarious as Chris is with all of his antics and his online persona. This is a great song. This is literally like, he goes even further into this kind of soft rock, late 70s, early 80s palette. And, you know, combines that kind of pop sensibility with his feelings of insecurity and self-examination. This is a song that's like, I don't know, this is about adult friendships. This is about the growing apathy surrounding miscommunications between people. And how is that not exactly how most things are? Like having adult friendships is so hard. And I think Chris does a really good job at explaining some of the apathy that comes with that. He made this in his home studio with the help of Jenny Owen Youngs, who, you know, is incredible and you should listen to her. And um, Stevie from Adult Mom added some harmonies and Jack Shirley mastered it. Jack Shirley, who you may know, produced Jeff Rosenstock Records, Def Heaven, Joyce Manor, a whole bunch. But yeah, it's a dream team on this one. Uh, Chris claims he was listening to a lot of Destroyer and Bell and Sebastian and that's sort of where the influence comes from. But I personally just think it's great. I think this is a really fun song. I think it's a 
one of his better songs. I can't believe it's something that, you know, I don't know if it didn't make Born Hot or if he wrote it afterwards, but it feels like right at home with all the new stuff from Born Hot. So here's another little clip. Phantom Friend streaming everywhere. Chris Farron's on tour right now with Retirement Party and Max Steel. So go check him out. I know I'm going to see him when he's here in LA. I very much encourage you all to go see him as well. Might kill you if you don't. Just saying. I just played it is called Washington Square Park from a band called the Wonder Years now here's the thing that song that I just played came out 10 years ago if you can believe that their breakout album the upsides just celebrated its 10 year anniversary on Sunday and yes that completely blows my mind because I can't believe I've been listening to the Wonder Years for 10 years um but mostly you know think about what that album did for this band and how it's how it shot them into all of our worlds and our hearts and our radars, you know, and how we've all sort of grown up alongside them as, as they have starting on this record. This was the one that started it for everybody, not just them, but us too. And, you know, the band absolutely, you know, you heard it here first, but the band definitely plans to commemorate the impact of the album's anniversary this year. Um, they're going to start it off with a full album performance at this year's Slam Dunk Festival in the UK, which is pretty exciting if you're in the UK or if you're attending. You get to see them play the whole album in full. Um, but there, there will be more stuff. They're just kind of still talking about it and figuring it out. But for now, besides that great news about the UK, everybody else... There's something else we can kind of, we, the band gave us basically to celebrate this occasion. And it is a completely reinvented version of Washington Square Park that comes from the band's forthcoming EP, Burst and Decay, Volume 2, which comes out February 14th on Hopeless Records. Now, when I tell you that this version is going to crumble you, it's going to crush you, it is going to destroy you emotionally, trust me, it will. Because I, I love The Wonder Years. I love everything they've done. I loved the upsides. I loved the original version of this song. It, it holds some of the lyrics that are the most important to me when it comes to this band. It was very, it's a very defining song for me as a fan. Um, but the way they reworked it for Burst and Decay is, I don't even know, it's unparalleled. It not only improves upon the original structure of the song itself, it's more modern, it's more mature, it's, it's a, it fits who they are now better. But it also answers questions that we've had all this whole time. You know, in the original song, I'm just going to give you an example. In the original, Dan sings, We rode our bikes over to 6th Street to Washington Square Park to see if the tides would turn for me. And now in the new version, you're going to hear when you listen to it, that very softly in the background after he sings that line, he says, 
And they did. To see if the tides would turn for me, and they did. Because it's been 10 years, and the tides definitely turned for Dan Campbell and the Wonder Years. They're one of the most popular bands in our community. They've impacted countless lives. Thousands of thousands of us have tattoos for this band all over our bodies, including me. And it's just, you know, that's just one example of why this version of the song is so impactful to me. Because it's like, oh, I feel proud. I feel thrilled. Like, I feel like I have, I've ridden this life ride of self-discovery with them the whole time. All these years, every record, it felt like they were hitting on themes that I was living through and experiencing with them. And so to hear them kind of like go all the way back and take this and just give it such a new life and energy, it's no wonder it's the band's favorite song on the new EP. Um, it's my favorite song on the new EP, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I feel like I should just play some of it so you can have more time with the song. But I will tell you that everything on Burst and Decay Volume 2 was produced by Ace Enders, who plays in the early November. Very cool. And, you know, it's got guest vocals from Alex from the band Shortly. It's got stunning, stunning string arrangements from the Little Crudo String Quartet. And again, it comes out February 14th on Hopeless Records. Here is Washington Square Park, the Burst and Decay Volume 2 we version. We rode our bikes over to 6th Street To Washington Square Park to see If the tides would turn for me and they did I'm nailing shards of hope together To put something over my head you know, here it's always raining It happened again, it happened again She said, I let this slide when we were younger You know you don't have to write like this The whole world's full of losers If you get a chance to win, you should take it and electric set each night on this tour playing some of this new versions of these songs as well as their you know their biggest hits they're touring with free throw another no earbuds band spanish love songs a great band and pool kids who's another no earbuds band so a lot of those shows are selling out pretty quickly i can't imagine that you know though there will be more i guarantee you there will be more sold out dates so i would highly recommend getting your tickets now and you can find the info at the wonder years band.com no earbuds! <laughs> yeah. 